eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Now available in more homes than the Pac-12 Network, we are the podcast of champions. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online. And here he goes, Miles Jack! And I'm Ryan Abraham from uscfootball.com. Liner going to try to sneak it ahead. Touchdown, FC! We are the Podcast of Champions. Welcome, everyone, back to the Podcast of Champions. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online, the UCLA site on the 24-7 Sports Network. And I'm Ryan Abraham from uscfootball.com, the USC site on the 24-7 Sports Network. And together, we make the Podcast of Champions talking all things Pac-12 football. It's uh, when Thursday morning. Wow. Dave, Dave, you seem a little uh, chippy, like you seem very excited or something. I am. I am. What, are you excited because we're going to talk about you uh, at Pac-12 Spring Games? I'm actually just upset that you didn't match my pitch on the um, on uh, on the intro. Oh, sorry. I don't know if it would work so well for you had, me. You had to break your voice a little bit. Yeah. I wanted you to go high, and you went low. It's morning. That's kind of similar to Ryan's uh, general operation. I just want him to you know operate on a higher plane, and he just can't do it. <sighs> I can't. constantly low. Constantly low. Uh, well, we're gonna we have an exciting. Super exciting show. We got a lot of voicemails to get to. Uh, I'm got- gonna I'm gonna let you all know just up front because I am I'm a big believer in truth and advertising. Uh-huh. We're gonna talk a lot about spring games in this show. Yeah. So if you want to go ahead and uh, switch over to a different show or listen to the radio or uh, just take in the companionable silence of your car, uh, feel free. <laughs> if you want to, if you want to turn off, you know when you turn off the radio and everything, and then suddenly you hear something wrong with your car. Yes. Like you're like wait. Has that dragging noise been happening for weeks? And then you find a piece of rubber like hanging off the bottom of your car. Mm, it's one of those things. Yeah, okay. I think I think everyone should take a minute, turn off this program, don't wa- don't listen, wait, and and uh, and listen to the sounds of your car. Uh, that, that this is my this is my home economics advice for you. This doesn't like we still have to record, so it doesn't get you out of uh, doing the show. Shit, just if people turn it off, that just doesn't help us later on. So. This isn't live, is it? No. Right. Uh, all right. Well, let's get to uh, the, our little intro thing. If you have any questions or comments for the show, pack to a podcast at gmail.com. You can call or text us. Like I said, we've got a bunch of voicemails this week. Uh, 424-532-0678 on Twitter at pack 12 podcast, the website, pack 12 podcast.com. We're over on the Reddit. I know we haven't been touching the Reddit lately, but you got to go check out the Reddit. Uh, if you're Do on they? The, they should. Okay. I mean, 
They, yeah, someone someone took the time to create that. You used to put post on there sometimes. Uh, Apple Podcast. Hey, there was a, there's a new post. Oh, that's there's nice. a new post on uh, on the Reddit. Nice. Well, there you go. Uh, go join from, that from five days ago, but relatively that's, new. That's new. It's not like months ago. Uh, the Apple Podcasting app. You can follow us there. The Podcast of Champions. Rate us with the five stars, and then just destroy us in the comments. We love that, and uh, you can do it over on uh, Spotify and stuff too. But appreciate you all doing that. Do we have any new reviews or anything? God no, no reviews. That's good. Uh, Dave's on a time crunch, but we and we have we have to get right into it because there are. So I mean, I don't know what's better than spring football <coughs> in the Pac-12. Like it's the best. Dave loves it. I just had to walk away from the mic. I had to. I had to turn away. Yeah, uh, absolutely loves spring football, uh, as you all guys all know. Uh, me too. And so I did my best to. Uh, Watch all these games because they're on the Pac-12 network. Here's what the issue. I didn't get to see Stanford's because I didn't record it live. And I never saw a replay uh, on the Pac-12 network. There were replays of the Arizona and Arizona State spring games. So this is just kind of what I read. Uh, and I watched some videos on the Pac-12 network, on, on the Pac-12 site. You know, there's some, obviously, I'm sure you did all these things too, David. I, I wish you could see the expression on Ryan's face as he talks about spring games. <laughs> I think that's proof positive that we need to have the YouTube channel because I think just seeing the like serious, excited, like little boy face for discussing spring games. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. Like, dude, this is like football's coming. I mean, it's months away, but it's coming. Like, this is like. But this is not football. Do you know what? You know what I like though? Okay. So, what was Stanford last year? Shit. They're your absolute butt, right? Uh, Arizona, 1-11. So those two teams combined for four wins in 2021. Um, if you watch the broadcast or listen to the interviews and stuff, I mean, David Shaw was all smiles. Just like It seemed like there was just like... Why wouldn't he be happy? He makes like $5 million a year. Well, that one year he made like nine, which is crazy. I think it was just bonuses and stuff. Uh, Jed Fish, I mean, they were having water balloon fights. They were like... The optimism was through the roof. It's just, you know, recruiting everyone's like everyone you sign is going to be the next superstar. Spring games, I feel like there's some of that too. So I don't know. There's just like this optimism. Plus you got like Yogi Roth on the call uh, for both games. Right. I'm glad you realize what you just said is is exactly true. They are in no way tied to the reality of what will come in the football season and serve absolutely no purpose from an analytical perspective. Thank uh, you. Okay. So we can agree to disagree on that one, but... Uh, let's start with, uh, okay, we're going to start first with Stanford Cardinal. All right. You know, in full Stanford fashion, was it a real game? No. And I think we're getting away from a lot of the real games. It seems a lot of places. Just a scrimmage. They didn't keep score. They didn't even like try to like call it like white versus red or anything like that. Uh, he had limited numbers of receivers, defensive backs, running backs. So he called it like a glorified scrimmage. But he said, this is going to be one of their best, David Shaw, one of their best off seasons ever because the COVID stuff, they missed a lot of the winter workouts, the post, you know, spring workouts. They weren't able to do all that kind of stuff. So like, that was like the real optimum. He's like, this is going to be one of our best off seasons ever. Sorry. Uh, He sounded like Todd Graham these days. Hmm. Wasn't it last off season where he said their offensive line was the best he has had at Stanford? Okay. You know, you can't. Everything he says doesn't mean that it's true, right? Like, just because he's optimistic and he makes a lot of money, 
and his team and is his butt. Team is ass. <laughs> so okay, did I buy that this was his best offseason ever? No, I, I did not. But that's what he, I mean. Super, super optimistic. Telling the Pac-12 love network. a spin. We love a spin. Yeah, I think it was uh, talking to Ashley Adams. I forget, I forget who it was, but um. So yeah, so but they had some. They had like Christian McCaffrey there, Doug Baldwin. Um, they would all speak with the players. Uh, he really wants Tanner McKee to jump onto a national stage, saying that he had a great spring. Uh, watch out for EJ Smith. He's a freshman. Uh, he's a running the running back EJ Smith because you know uh, Austin Joe. They had lost their top two running backs, and uh, they have a freshman tight end Sam Roche that had a couple of touchdowns. He looked pretty good. They always get some big body guys there, uh, but you know. Unbridled optimism from uh, David Shaw. I wish I got to see some of the scrimmage. Maybe that's why they didn't show it because it was probably like a really terrible. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm really, I'm really bummed. I missed out on this too. Um, I was, I was washing my hair. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, optimism in spring. <laughs> I'd love to see the spring, the spring, uh, the spring for like a program where like the coach is really pessimistic about their chances. Yeah, uh, we stink. Yeah, we're, uh, we're going to be really bad. Uh, we have no chance. Um, I might just actually quit sometime between now and the start of the season. Yeah, it's just so weird. Like, I'm maybe Stanford's not going to be butt, but I really think they're going to be butt again. Yeah, they're going to be ass. Are you kidding? Yeah. When he's like, I mean, they're missing a lot. I mean, they're, they're just thin a lot of places. Um, they had a good recruiting class, but just a lot but of But who dudes. knows? Who knows, really, because you didn't see the spring game. How can you really know anything if you haven't seen the spring game? Yes, yeah. That I mean, obviously, you can. I base a lot of what my picks are on the spring game. Uh huh. Didn't work so well last last year, but uh, actually, it didn't really. I skipped it. You know the what? When I lost last year to you, I skipped watching the spring games. So now I'm gonna be back because I've got all the spring game knowledge. This is perfect. All right, next up, Arizona Wildcats. Uh, I you know Fish is very, he's very positive. Um. You know, he's always upbeat, but I feel like he was more just sort of like coach speak reserved when he was talking about things. Just like he wasn't like over the top, like we're going to be amazed balls or anything. It was just it was pretty good. They had uh, Teddy Bruschi there and Lance Briggs, uh, former. Uh, they had a bunch of alumni there, but they were the honorary coaches. Um, so that was kind of fun. Like I mentioned, they had a, a splash zone. I think he said they had like 5000 water pistols that they gave out like. And then thousands of water balloons. So there were balloons being thrown into the crowd, people getting wet. It was This was the morning game. So uh, like Yogi did this one, and I think he went to Tempe and did the night one afterwards. But you get to see Jaden Delora. Um, they said it was a, you know, he said it was the best way to cap off a spring. Uh, they did have a game. It was red beat the blue 24-21, which if you remember the line, it was three and a half. So it was really close. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah um so noah fafita the the um quarterback who comes in with uh t-mac the uh the, the the highly ranked wide receiver that they brought in he actually looked really good moving around there um they have a bunch of new players so i think there's a lot of optimism uh there was a they had they had a few picks uh delora i think they were a pretty bad one early on uh jackson turner had a really nice pick six it was like 80 yards or something like that. And they, they threw it a little wrinkle. Uh, so Arizona's women, women's basketball star, Sam Thomas came in the game, didn't have a helmet, but she had like a Jersey on and stuff. She caught a touchdown pass. Um, Brendan Carroll wasn't happy. Cause I guess it was the team. He wasn't coaching the offensive coordinator. He's got this weird, like 
beard that sticks out kind of pointing out. So Brendan's looking a little weird, but he was always like a fun dude. But he wanted her to catch a pass for his team, but it, it worked on the other side. Uh, but, you know, fun day in the sun in Tucson. Defense forced a bunch of turnovers. Uh, former USC uh, outside linebacker Hunter Eccles, he apparently is getting a sack at like every practice. He had a big play in the game too. So uh, a lot of optimism. I, You know, Delora, when I watched him, he just looked like he had like command. He was running around. Like he just looked like someone that, you know, has experience, which he does. But he didn't, I don't think he played that well. Um, so I, I, I'm sure he's going to still, I would guess he's still going to be the starter. Uh, but there. Oh, you don't think they're going to make a determination based on the spring game? Well, I mean, they could. It's a big deal, the spring games. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, watch this. Now, I'm not going to lie. Like, I was watching it at night one time. And I fell asleep about halftime, so I had to watch the next day, finish it off. Uh, but it was just because I was tired, not because it was boring. It was a spring game. <laughs> uh, your commitment, man. Your commitment. To, to this the- show that we make no money off of. I'm committed to this. <laughs> like, even if I didn't want to, like, now it's the bit, so I have to do it. <laughs> I know. I know. It's the bit. I love that the bits that I have committed you to are all the ones that require a lot of work. It does a lot. Of t- yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So that's what I got from there. Um, fascinating, right? No, no, okay. no, no, it's not fascinating. All but right. Hunter Eccles being like a dominant defensive player there while struggling to see the field at USC is pretty cool. Yeah. There's just so many new faces. I mean, they're going to win some games, you know, but the schedule's not easy. No, they'll but be fine. You're going to go from like one to four. three or four wins. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, that's a, that's progress. And, I just like what the way he's putting it all together. You know, I'm not a huge fan of like the Brennan Carroll like being the offensive coordinator thing, but whatever. Uh, I mean, I like Brennan, but just like I don't know. Uh, you probably get somebody else. But anyway, let's go to our last uh, spring game for this week because we got plenty more to come. Arizona State Sun Devils. <laughs> okay, so this is a team that went eight and five last year. Which I I look back and I'm like they won eight games. Like so. And the and the broadcast like has to be optimistic, you know. Are you gonna say they went for the first like five minutes talking about like the need to replace some guys, but there's like a whole bunch of players returning. Um, there's a lot of guys returning, but you know there's some key players that are gone. They didn't say Jaden Daniels' name for quite a while, and it was just sort of like they didn't say like you know oh all these coaches got fired or left. They sort of like stayed away from that stuff. When you, if you just watched this and you didn't know anything about Arizona State football, this is what I, was weird to me. You wouldn't go, this program's a dumpster fire right now. Like, oh, they won, they went eight and five. They're like, the Herm Edwards is like greatest coach, and I got all these guys. They're they're going to be building towards uh, just even better season and all this kind of stuff. I, I mean, I feel like sometimes it just wasn't. You, you have to admit, there's like shit went sideways last year. You know, like mm-hmm. this was like you were waiting for the other shoe to drop the entire off season. You lose both coordinators, not because they went to get other jobs. I mean, like quit or get fired. I mean, it's, it's crazy. And then you're, you're, you know, three year starter leaves, just what walks ne- away. What network was this on? This was on the Pac-12 network. Yeah. Oh, okay. So it was on state TV and you're wondering why there wasn't truth in advertising here. Right. Yeah. Uh, Vladimir Putin's there. <laughs> yes. Like you must say, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it just it just had this weird feeling. Literally, they didn't say Jaden Daniels' name like for a while, and they, uh, Yogi eventually said it, and I was just like, because they were talking about who's the next 
quarterback's going to be, uh, they got like five quarterbacks in there, but Trenton uh, Bourget or Bourget. So he's the redshirt junior that was the backup before. And then Paul Tyson is the transfer from Alabama. Uh, that's uh, Bear Bryant's like grandson or whatever it is. But they had 18 uh, new players, uh, late spring game. Um, Herm, they were calling him the portal watcher. So <laughs> he said all the other coaches are going to go on vacation. He's going to stick around and watch the portal after spring. Uh, so players, just so you know, players have to enroll by May 1st or May 2nd or whatever if you want to be able to participate. So you could still bring a transfer in in like June, but they won't be able eligible to play. So you have to, everyone's got to transfer by the beginning of May. Otherwise, uh, you won't be eligible. So there's going to be a lot of portal activity after all these spring games, the very important spring games. And um, it was mostly practice period, but they did end with some live scrimmaging, so not a real game. Uh, they had a whole bunch of, recent ASU alum and they were like kind of talking about like the really recent alums, like the guys that were just there, like Chase Lucas and Jack Jones, uh, you know, you know, Benjamin was there. Um, the very last play was probably the best, uh, uh, Bennett Meredith, who I don't know who he is quarterback, uh, James Pearson from El Segundo, the great city of El Segundo where the wind comes sweeping down the plane. I think he had, he might have two touchdown catches, but he had a really nice over the shoulder one. And then Herm just kind of is right on the pylon. Uh, Herm just ended it there. I think at the end of the broadcast, this was a little weird. Uh, Herm said this was the first time they were in full pads. So they weren't in full pads like for the whole spring and they just did it for the spring game, which seems a little like, that feels very Clay Helton to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, doesn't work. Uh, yeah. Like you got to practice in pads. Like I, I, correct me if I'm wrong. I thought I heard that on the broadcast. It seems a little. Uh, are you asking me to correct you if you're wrong? No. Some of the listeners are going to write in and be like, you know, Evan from Tempe or something is going to call it. Like, Smoke <laughs> oh. a bowl. Call it like, <laughs> oh, dude, they were in pads. We he love was you, just, Evan. Yeah. Uh, something like that. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like I said, it took a while to mention, you know, Jane Daniel's name. Uh, they're going to do – so Glenn Thomas is a new offensive coordinator. Um, they're going to do a lot more under center, a lot more huddling, which is the way – it seems like the trend of where college football is going, right? Like they're going to fullbacks and huddling and uh, under center stuff. That's sarcasm. And the one thing that they did say – okay, so remember the penalties were a problem last year? Uh-huh. So they're doing – if they get a bunch of penalties in practice, they have to do gassers afterwards. So, a little, you know, uh, some consequences if you get penalties. The weird thing was, and I don't not believe it, but there was everyone was talking about like the team chemistry that there was just so much better. It just seemed like it was better team chemistry. Like they, it kind of, they all went through hell, right? Even though they won a bunch of games, and it seemed, I honestly believe they felt like a lot of these players feel like they were galvanized because they do have a lot of guys returning. There's just kind of key spots that were missing, like the whole, you know, a lot of the secondary is gone. Um, you know, Jaden Daniels, obviously, but, uh, you know, running backs, but you, I did believe that the, like, they feel like the team team chemistry is better. Maybe I'm just being naive. Um, and they, you know, they're the production that was lost is significant, but maybe this wasn't a, like guys, you know, coaches having to go and fire and all that kind of stuff. Maybe it did galvanize the team a little bit. I don't know, but I kind of believed them when they were talking about that. Every, everyone was kind of saying that. Do you believe it? Probably not. No, no, I don't believe it. Do you care? It. You don't care. No, I don't believe it, and I don't care. Um, they're going to go like 5-7 and seven this year. I would think so. Yeah. I, I'm a little more optimistic just watching. Oh, because because of the spring game. No, but it wasn't even like the game stuff. I just you, It's more just about like you know 
they're they're just in a tough spot. Uh, but I feel like they're going to circle the you, wagons. A little. Did, I think they're going to circle the wagons. Do you and Yogi Roth like get together and talk about these spring games? Like no. before and afterwards? No, he did message me though. I, I was on Pac-12 Network or Pac-12 Radio, and he like because you got to love Yogi because he, I love he is he is he is as close as you get to Bill Walton on the football side of things in the Pac-12. He's just more even kill, but he yeah he's a no, he, Venice he, guy. Yeah, he's no, but he surfer is, he travels is, the world. He to is surf. pure pure like UCLA is going to be like a ten and two team. This year, USC might go undefeated. Like he's, it's just great. He's he has like unbridled optimism. I don't have that, but I'm just saying, the hearing them talk about the team chemistry, I might have a little bit. I don't. I think they're still going to be pretty crappy, but maybe not quite as crappy as I thought. That would just, I'm you know, I'm leaning that way a little bit. You're leaning towards less crappy, less crappy, but still crappy. But like they're gonna like poopy, not crappy. <laughs> yeah. I think I feel like they're going to circle the wagons a little bit. We got to right. get Cartman on, and he'll you know he'll give us a straight poop. He right. tells it. Remember that one year we he was like, no, Herm's first year. He's like, hey, they're actually going to be pretty good. I'm like, all right, and uh, yeah, they were, but they're pretty bad since then. True that. Um, okay, coming up this weekend. Okay, Dave, you, it'll be easier easier assignment for you. Only one spring game. <laughs> uh, your, uh, you know, Oregon State Beavers. You got to watch this Saturday, April 16th. Do 11, I? 11 a.m. on the Pac-12 Network. I've already recorded it. I've already set my Sling TV to record this. So I'm not going to miss anything. I don't have to go find the replay or whatever. Uh, yeah. I mean, Jonathan Smith, the optimism. Mm-hmm. You know what would have been more optimistic? What? Uh, if JT Daniels would have went to Oregon State. Yes, yes, it would have been more optimistic. Yes. Uh, but alas, he went to West Virginia. Yes, he did. Yeah, uh, which is, I feel like, the most Oregon State program on the East Coast. Yeah, they're sort of in a conference that's sort of like kind of fringy. There's just yep. kind of weird. Uh, very. This is like soap opera-ish, JT Daniels going to West Virginia. Um, so Morgantown, you ever been to Morgantown? No. Lovely. Uh, Morgantown, <laughs> burning couches. <laughs> I'm from like originally from like near, like I have family from there because uh, I was in Western Pennsylvania. That's like Pitt and and West Virginia. They hate each other and stuff. But I I was I lived in that you know growing up uh, till I was like eleven like in that sort of area. It's pretty close. But anyway, uh, do you know who their offensive coordinator is? Graham Harrell. Graham freaking Harrell, who J T. Daniels played for, well for an off season and then thirty minutes or almost thirty minutes of game time against Fresno State. And, and then he lost his job and never recovered it. Well, he lost his knee. Well, we've all and been then, there. Yeah. And he never really lost his job. He didn't stay around to compete for it, but Keaton Slovis became like the savior or whatever. He threw for like... How long did that last? That The end of that year, <laughs> it did. He UCLA helped out. He threw for like 500 yards or something against UCLA. Four different receivers caught, went over 100 yards against UCLA in that game. Wow, that's crazy. So they were pretty excited about uh, Keen Slovis. And, that and, must have been a good USC team, huh? And Graham Harrell, no. And Graham Harrell's uh, offense and everything, and then it just went down. Like, people figured out, oh, they only ran like three plays. All right, we can defend that. And like, oh, yeah, we can. Uh, and then it was that was over. <laughs> so JT Daniels, who'd look good, and it, you feel bad because Daniels didn't look good in his freshman year of 2018, but they ran that gumbo offense that nobody was really running. T. Martin and uh, Clay Helton and all that. You bring in Harrell, and it actually looked competent and uh, put receive. And plus, they had like four NFL wide receivers. So now he's reunited with Graham Harrell. He said it's like he feels comfortable in the offense or everything. And their opener, 
West Virginia's opener, is against the Pitt Panthers, where Keaton Slovis. Wow. Yes. So full-on former USC player. Now, Keaton Slovis, I think JT Daniels is the only dude with experience on the roster uh, for West Virginia. They got some quarterbacks. But Slovis has to compete for it. Slovis, I think, is competing for it. Yeah. Uh, there's more of a – it's a little more difficult, but that'll be kind of an interesting – deal but Oregon State missed out yeah I was really hoping they'll be fine Oregon State will be fine yeah uh anything else you wanted to get to because we got a lot of questions I got nothing else I am drained I've I've expended all of my spring game knowledge yeah you uh I mean I'm impressed with your contributions in that first (laughs) I thought so there was one of those where I don't think I actually there were several words you said Not always having to do with what the topic was, but still, you said a few words. True. That was good. All right, let's take a break. Back in a minute. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I love how you began your summary with uh, Stanford. This is in our notes document. Just the scrimmage, no keeping score, and then you thought that the rest of this would be interesting to me. No, this is for me. This was my note. This, uh-huh. I wasn't like this. I knew you wouldn't care about any of these, but when I wanted to recap what was going on, it was just taking notes for myself. Uh-huh. Uh huh. He did say there was a limited number of DBs, running backs, yep. receivers. Uh-huh. I'm like, okay, so all your skill guys are limited. Perfect. Like <laughs> you, was... you've created this roster. <laughs> why did you let them all leave? Like you know. <laughs> Why did why did all your running backs transfer somewhere? Um, yeah, okay. Uh, we have. Should we start? You want to do? Uh, what would you like to start? Uh, at the very beginning, it's a very good place to start. Uh, let's do. Oh, well, we don't have that many. Um, okay, Sean from Ohio. Uh, gents, Sean from Ohio. I rack my brain to come up with a question for you this week. Here goes. He sent this uh, like a week ago, but just like after we recorded. Uh, did we do this one already? No. Uh, oh, this. No, we, yeah, yeah, we did this. We one. did this one. I'm sorry. Hang on. I'll, I'll, I'll handle this. All right. I, I think it's Matt from San Diego. Then. Yeah. You ready? Yeah. We want video. Three exclamation points is the subject line. Uh, this is from Matt from San Diego. Good evening, gents. Uh, speaking on behalf of the entire POC fan base, a video version of the show would be a fantastic product. Uh, speaking of, did you ever watch those uh, Billy Mays parodies on YouTube of him, uh, of somebody doing like a Billy Mays dub? No, like, so like they a fake product or something? Yeah, and so whenever I see the word product, I have to pronounce it like that guy doing the dub, which is, 
fantastic product. Um, anyway, <laughs> go look those up if you can. They're really funny. They're funny? Yeah. Uh, Billy I, Mays is, in the, is he the dead one? He's dead, yeah. But oh. the, these came out, I think, just before he died. Okay. So, so they weren't problematic then. They're, but now there's been enough time that maybe it's fine again. Yeah. But they were really funny. Okay. Uh, anyway, I particularly would want to see the live footage of Dave's rage eventually boiling over and lashing out violently against Ryan after his USC boasting goes too far. You know what to do, gentlemen. Give us the video. Please and thank you. Sincerely, Matt from San Diego. Uh, I mean, we probably should make a YouTube page. Yeah. And this is easy to do. So, like, I, we're, you can't see us. We're in a studio right now. And I do a show with Chris um, Torino, and we put it up on video. It actually does pretty well, even though, like, you know, people listen to the podcast. Um, yeah, we could, we could, we could definitely do that. Uh, David has to create the YouTube. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's usually um, that's usually where uh, I come in. You have the Gmail account. Yeah, I create these things, um, and they never touch them. Yeah, that's that's what I do. Uh, but we could do that, and like even just like little quick videos, like funny things. I don't know, maybe it'll mm-hmm. be and we make a TikTok for us too. Yeah, I can do that. <laughs> I know all about the ticking and the talking. Uh, okay, this is from Ross. Uh, your choice. Hey guys. If you had to pick one out-of-conference game to go to this year for any team in the Pac-12, which game would it be? Very interesting, Ross. You're asking us to remember the games that are happening in the league this year. So I I just remembered Oregon going to Athens, Georgia. Done. Yeah. So there we go. That's a pretty easy one. Uh, I think there's some other good ones. Sure. I don't remember any of them. Uh, is Arizona State playing Oklahoma State? I think so. Okay. Uh, I, I truly do not remember any of the non-conference Aren't matchups. you supposed to be smart? Like, wasn't there, like... My memory for that sort of stuff, <laughs> like, I need to be reminded about four times before I will remember, actually, what the, like, matchups are for an upcoming season. Okay. Um, so I have no idea. Yeah, I think Cal plays Notre Dame. That's not really... Stanford and USC both play Notre Dame. I'm going to look up the schedule right now so we can actually answer this effectively. Okay. Well, I think, I mean, we have our answer. Just give me a damn second, okay? I think we have our answer. All right. So uh, Utah goes to Florida. That's also a good one. Yeah. All right. So uh, Georgia, Oregon is not in Athens. It's in Atlanta. Oh, okay. I thought it was Athens. Okay. Well, this is, these are the mistakes you make when you don't look things up like I do. Um, When you say, oh, we answered it already. No, you didn't. You didn't answer it well. I'm telling you the truth now. But the Utah game's in Gainesville. Yeah, that's in Gainesville. So that could actually put it over the top. Like I think wanna... that does. Also, Washington State in Madison is no joke either. Mm. Hanging out in Madison with all those drunk Wisconsins would be a lot of fun. I would, Yeah, like the, the jump around Wisconsonians? Thing. What do we call them? <sighs> Wisconsites? Or no, no. Um, the whiskeys? Ar- whiskeys? I like that. Yeah. Uh, the jump around thing would be fun to see. And Madison's supposed to be a great town, you know? We've also got Cal going to Notre Dame, which would be fun if it wasn't Cal. Right. Sorry about that, Cal. Stanford's going to... I think Stanford's going to Notre Dame, too. Yeah, but that's not fun either. No. Colorado, Minnesota? Uh, Yeah, no. That that didn't go well. Wait, is that... I thought... That's in Minnesota. Oh, Minnesota came to Boulder last year, I think. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'd prove it. (laughs) (laughs) I think so. As I said, prove it. <laughs> All right. So, do you want to do? I, I think if it was in Athens, I would pick. Uh, I'm going Utah at Florida. That's yeah. my pick. I think that'll be fun. It's more a winnable game too. 
Well, and it's also the question is, what's our choice to attend? Yeah. And I think if I want to pick something to attend, it's going to be the road game. I'd rather be in Swamp and then a neutral site game that's super close to. Yeah, I want to see a big SEC environment. So that's that's my pick. Yeah. Okay. I'm good with that. Okay. Uh, Next up, we've got Mark in Vancouver. Gloves are off. Hello, champions. Been saving this one for the off-season discussion. For our younger listeners out there who aren't familiar, please explain the story behind Rick Neuheisel and gloves. Thanks for the continued adequacy, Mark in Vancouver. Wow. He called us adequate. I like mm-hmm. that. So if I'm remembering correctly how this came up, like yeah. how it was initially broached, was in a story about UCLA, like a two or three years, I think, after Neuheisel was gone, where he explained away one of his issues at UCLA being that there wasn't even funding enough to afford enough gloves for everyone on the team. Right. And he said that was like one of like he was using it to exemplify the issues, but the way it was phrased made it sound like this was almost like a a necessary condition for being able to win more than like four fucking games in a year. Like our team didn't have hands. Right. We didn't have any with the hands. Like and so we we hammered that for like I don't know the better part of like two years, yeah. and then Ryan still occasionally brings it up. Um, but yeah, it was uh, it was he would besmirch his name, and he didn't have gloves. Like, yes, because his Rick, handless team couldn't win. Because Rick Neuheisel um, can't can't just own the fact that he was a terrible coach, like just terrible. It's instead no, we didn't have enough funding for gloves, and the reality is, what, were there some funding issues with UCLA football at the time? Oh yes, very much so. <laughs> Um, was was his success on the field dependent on his team having enough gloves? Very much so. <laughs> well, dude, you're making a million point five or whatever. Go buy the team some gloves, loser. <laughs> there was there was a funny tweet that that was like I forget what this was from. Like maybe like the seventies, like maybe like the Cincinnati Reds or something. They were talking about the expense it was going to cost, like seven hundred eighty dollars for for baseball teams to like uh-huh. you have to get a wool uniform for <laughs> yeah. like, like wool socks were more expensive they're like eight dollars a pair right. so like to 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 unif- to pay for the uniform for the whole team there was an away one and a and a home right. one and it was like it's the, the costs are astronomical but players supply their own uh gloves and there was something else like gloves and uh like shoes or something i mean it was crazy it was just like yeah i mean how different it was and that wasn't that long ago dude, dude um the uh the, the analogy i i always like is Fucking school teachers making like fifty thousand dollars a year are spending a shitload of money on their classrooms. Like they're buying markers, they're buying supplies, they're doing all that stuff because yeah. their schools are underfunded. Rick, you're making one point five million dollars a year. You can buy like three hundred sets of gloves for a drop in the bucket. Yeah, just do it, buddy. If it's that, if it's that big of an issue. I don't know. I feel I feel like it could be a violation. They're not allowed to provide stuff like that for the NCAA don't violation. Don't give it to them. Make them turn it in at the end of every practice. Ah, <laughs> uh, Rick. Rick is great. Uh, amazing uh, commentator. He's awesome on TV. You know, and a very underrated coach at UCLA. Just I, I don't like the way you speak poorly of my man Rick Newhouse. I mean, compared to Chip Kelly, maybe. No, no. Now that's now, <laughs> Chip Kelly. What eight games last year? It's true. Yeah, and beat the crap out of his rival, <laughs> and got a underwhelming extension. That hopefully they'll add to it. Like you know, maybe if the spring game goes really well, he can get his extension to the extension. Maybe and and bump it up to real money. Maybe like, if they win the spring game, like Mel Tucker money. Yeah, 
James Franklin money. That's what I want to see for for a man chip. They got like they got these billionaire investors and stuff like you know donors. Come on, just step it up. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, why don't we do a voicemail? Uh, let's see. Hey, David. Hey, Ryan. I wanted to ask you. Oh, this is Alex from Beaumont. I wanted to ask you. What's longer? What's wider? Uh, the Zodiac Killer's pauses in between the words or Josh Ship's hips? Let me know. Uh, Zodiac Killer, you need to uh, speed things up because, geez, now I know how you kill most of your victims through sheer boredom. <laughs> anyway, uh, take care, guys, and love the podcast. Bye. Thanks, Alex. That's crazy. I would not egg on. Uh, mass, a mass murderer no. via voicemail, especially if you're giving your name and your location, Alex from Beaumont. Yeah, uh, that, I'll, I'll, I'll leave your number for. Uh, <laughs> that's that's ill. I'll post your number on the, the uh, Reddit page. So, um, what's what's wider and longer? I think um, Josh Ship's hips were infinitely wide, sort of like um, it's like um, you know, one of those like paradoxes that you only find in a black hole. Like I think it's just you know, as far as the eye can see. Um, there were hips. Yeah, yes. Yeah, I didn't know that was a thing that his hips were considered very wide. It, it's a. It's a. I uh, didn't notice. It, it's an inside joke on the UCLA hoops message board on oh. our site from literally 16 years ago. Wow. Yeah. So Alex going it, into the wayback machine. That is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's a longtime bro subscriber. I would yes. Guess. Yes. Yes. And when I put a number on it like that, I feel so old. Because I'm like, I've been looking at that message board now for like approximately that long. The fact that you know that. Yeah. And now yeah. I work for it. And I do work for the message board. Not for Tracy. I work for the message you board. You work for the, the, the... I work for the people. I'm a man of the people. You are a man of the people. Um, yeah. Well, Josh Ships Hips. Josh Ships Hips. I was like, what? Like, what is this reference to? And I yeah. had to listen a couple of times. I'm like... Yeah. Josh Ship. Okay, the UC- oh, so UCLA guy. All well, right. it's because so uh, uh, UCLA. So back then, a guy named Greg Hicks. I don't know if you know Greg. Um, he was the main basketball guy for Tracy. Okay, um, doing like evaluations and stuff. I remember but, the name. Yeah. But Greg's like a real scout. Like a, he did like scouting reports for like coaches and stuff. And so he would occasionally and often, I would say actually often, uh, provide like real scouting like things about players um on in the program or, or coming into it and one of the evaluations was about josh ship's hips ah um which really really stuck in the in the uh in the minds of a lot of bros so for for basketball you wouldn't say the wide hips are good for birthing it's more about good they're for, not no they're not good they're the boxing wide, out yeah the wide hips weren't good because of his position that he played if he was a post player you might want wide hips oh okay yeah but so he, was, he, he, but he could box a, he was out. more of a guard wing Gotcha. Okay, so not a lot of boxing out. I mean, you got to box out every position, but yeah. um, it's not your primary purpose, and it, it it makes it harder for you to move. He wouldn't be birthing any children, probably. No, but there were a lot of jokes about that. Okay, about the wide <laughs> hips. Oh, I'm glad I could just pull yeah. that up. I did, yeah, because I read those message board back then. I remember those jokes. Mm-hmm. Not really. Okay, uh, we'll do another one. Hey, what's up, guys? Turk. Um, questions for Ryan. Um, seems like you know both uh, you guys kind of settled on the the eight win season for you. I've seen, and I've seen some people go with eight, and I've seen some other people go ridiculously high and um, and say that they're going to win the Pac-12 or could potentially make the playoff. And I was kind of wondering, is there 
Is there any side of the the ball or any specific part of the team that you feel like is is people are really overlooking um, if they they kind of lead towards that prediction? I mean, I know it seems like kind of the the line play was bad last year, um, but you know it seems like they're pretty solid everywhere else in terms of like quarterback, wide receiver, and stuff like that. So I was kind of wondering if based on what you've seen so far, if they still have like one glaring weakness that keeps you from being um, not as optimistic as some are. Uh, thanks, 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 Seth. Hey, Perk. Thanks for the uh, call. Yeah, I mean, it's USC. You're going to get the benefit of the doubt, and you bring in Lincoln Riley. They're going to be competent on offense. You bring in Caleb Williams. So you could see people like, oh, yeah, they're going to go to the playoff, which I, no, I don't think that's going to happen. But I think that they can, they're definitely going to build towards that. He's going to add like at least 10 players in after spring. Um, that's a lot. So, I mean, they could completely... Hey, how many um, number one offensive tackles have they gotten this year? Uh, none. We're going to talk about... We have a question about that, I think, too. Okay. Just, uh, I was just wondering, because I was curious about that, just because um, I know it's it's been a while since you guys got one of those five-star It's been tackles, a long right? time, yeah. Um, and they were looking good for one of them, right? But he, they were. But he decided... He, He's going to He Oregon. was going somewhere else. Right? Land, oh. Land Danning. He wasn't going out of region? He was going to an SEC coach, right? No, no, he stayed in he stayed in the Pacific Northwest. Oh, so but it's not a team that USC plays with regularity. Is it like out of a different? Not conference that or often something? because they don't make the championship game. Okay, but, yeah. so, uh, but it's like a <laughs> okay, okay. So like a main rival in the league, a recruiting rival for sure. Okay, Landanning. Uh huh. Our our man. Okay, uh, Josh, but but but, Lupoy. but but so he was an in-state kid, right? He was from Oregon. No, but he's from the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> Okay. It's like an hour down the road or something or two hours. Okay, is is Oregon the university is it located in Seattle? It's very close. Is it in Seattle? No, no, it's in uh, okay. Eugene. Got it. Got it. But like okay. literally, you know. If you have like a if you have one of those state maps that you uh as a kid, the puzzle, like the puzzle pieces are right next to each other. Okay. Yeah. So it's a little it's close. Okay. You could drive. California's pretty close too, right? I mean, 1500 miles, sure. Like uh, what's close? Quick flight, right? <laughs> yeah, like quicker flight than the drive. You would say? Maybe. Uh, no, drives drives quicker. From from Seattle to Eugene? I think so. No, it's like three. It's like three and a half. Okay, but it's definitely not three and a half flying. Well, you got to go through security and everything. You know. I mean, do you? Well, okay. So if I get in the car uh-huh. to go to LAX and to get to yeah, definitely because I got to take another flight. Yeah, like. You got to take, take another flight? Portland to Eugene, or then you're driving an hour and a half to, yeah. It's 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 pretty significantly different to get to. From Seattle to LA versus oh, that's Seattle. I'm driving, tra- I'm driving from Seattle I guess to, I'm to, to Eugene. Eugene. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but anyway. Because he's not from Portland. He's from Seattle, right? The Seattle area. He's from Seattle, yes. Yeah. Rainier Beach, is yeah, that yeah. right? Josh Carley. We'll get we have a question on that though. We can get to that. Oh, okay. We're gonna get to it? Yes. Okay. I was uh, just making sure because I, 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 I remember you talking about that one as if it was like, you know, done deal sure thing. And I was just wondering. Well, if like that our buddy Brandon Huffman said that. So I was just going what he was saying. See, interesting. I thought he changed his crystal ball to like a three. He, and then before that, that morning, before that he changed it to a five. Um, no, the morning he changed. I think it was that but, morning. But, but, but it was a five before that. It wasn't right. Right. Yeah. He moved it down just, to three. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just didn't want to spoil it. Since he's like <laughs> Uh, where were we? What was the question? Oh, eight games. Uh, yes. So there's definitely some optimism out there. I think they'll get there eventually. Um, I mean, cause their recruiting class has three, five stars in it already. Yeah. Or no, just, I, I want to be, are, are any of those offensive tackles? 
Uh, Zachariah Branch is a wide receiver, but he looks like he could book up. Into, <laughs> like he, <laughs> he actually squatted like 600 pounds or some stupid. Like he squatted like a, an offensive tackle. Um, now, see, I forget all the nuances of his question. Uh, yeah, as far as like, I think their offensive line play was uh, a little bit underrated last year. They brought in Clay McGuire, who's now at Washington State. He was much better, much more competent offensive line coach than what they had before. He coached in that system before. And they bring a bunch of guys back with starting experience. They bring in Bobby Haskins from uh, Virginia. It would have been nice to have a guy like um, you know Josh Connerly in there. But I think they're going to be fine on the offensive line. They're not super deep, but they, they got like six or seven guys that they like. I think the question is going to be on the defensive front, the front seven. The linebackers just have not been productive the last few years. They were worst in the Pac-12 in points per game. Um, and they get a guy like Brandon Peely back. They bring in some transfers. you know. But there's the question is going to be like, hey, is Alex Grinch's defense going to be any good? So I think that's where you got to look at. Uh, I think the secondary will be fine. But I think the front seven is where they're if, – if they're going to be good, if they're going to do better than the eight wins, it's because the defense is playing uh, well. But that's where I think the biggest questions are going to be. Okay. Yeah. Well, do you, let's talk about Connerly. We got the next one. Hey guys, Phil here. Um, I just had a quick question. Uh, with Oregon signing uh, Josh Connerly this week, uh, I believe that moves Oregon um, into the top 16 for the uh, 2022 recruiting class and first in the Pac-12. Um, does that change your Does that change your guys' perception at all um, on Oregon? going into the next season and um does that change your perception maybe of uh dan uh dan lanning uh do you think could he be as good of a recruiter as uh mario cristobal and uh my second question is um i saw that brew mccoy who was on usc he's i think he's transferred to tennessee um why wasn't that he wasn't really able to materialize at USC and uh, because he didn't, didn't seem like he had much, um, much play time. And uh, do you see him having any production at uh, Tennessee? Thanks guys. Okay. So, so who's this uh, Dan Lanning guy? He was yeah, talking. Did you hear him stutter? Cause he wanted to go land Danning. Yeah. Um, that's just a better name. Um, okay. So with Oregon, um, so my feeling on Oregon for a long time is that they've got a great institutional setup up there where um, I think there's a lot of just like general apparatus at Oregon that is well designed for recruiting. Um, and I think they've got like an institutional commitment to it, especially over the last like 15 years or so since they got really serious with uh, the end of the Bilotti era heading into Chip Kelly. Um, Chip Kelly's not a recruiter and they were still recruiting well, which leads me to believe that there's a lot of, um, you know, institutional commitment, by which I mean money um, and lots of people, um, um, you know, willing to do like the nitty gritty stuff of recruiting, which is great. Um, and I think Dan Lanning is coming from an SEC program where recruiting is a 24-7, you know, job at all times. Um, so I think he brings that same attitude that Cristobal brought to it, um, which if you remember when he started out as a recruiter at Oregon, everyone was talking about how they're doing like the SEC thing, like they're recruiting like an SEC program. Um, and I can't imagine that has changed too much with landing or with Dan landing in there. Um, land Danning. Yeah. You, you screwed it up land Danning. Um, so I think that's just, it's just a sign that they're continuing to do that. Um, and, um, 
as 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 Ryan said, it's just you know it's so much closer, so much closer to drive uh, for his entire family from uh, Washington to Eugene than for them to fly, um, you know, timing wise to LA. No, uh, no, I think I mean I think they obviously Land Danning came in and did a great job there. Uh, NIL is going to be a big part of all this stuff. I think there's there. I think Oregon's. I mean, the Pac-12 is behind in general, but I think Oregon's starting to put some of that stuff together. Everyone's sort of slow. To get going on that stuff, uh, he took a last-minute uh, unofficial visit, like you know, a couple of days before uh, he signed, and ended up uh, signing with the Ducks. Yeah, so the Ducks now, you know, number one class in the Pac-12, and six- you don't know how many how many hours it is from uh, Rainier Beach to Eugene, Oregon. It's gonna be like four. It's four and a half hours. Okay. Yeah. Well, you can drive fast. Um, so they're the 16th class overall. I think if you include transfers, they just 17 so right about the same um but the, you know that was the the only five star in the class seven uh four stars uh but yeah the, definitely the best class do you uh, want to know do you want to know what the flight time is from seattle to lax it's like three hours two hours and 25 minutes yeah yeah but you got to like drive the airport then what you got to drive this rainier beach that's not super. it's it's in seattle it's not it's not like i mean how close is it to the airport let's find out yeah and you know how long security takes I don't a care. lot, yeah. Here, hang on. We're gonna look this up. You keep going. You're, uh, you're talking yeah. great. So it was very it's good. T- it's twelve minutes to the airport from Rainier Beach. Mm. Twelve minutes. If you got a park, uh-huh. security. Do you or is somebody dropping you off? Uh, if you have, you getting know, an Uber. Yeah, you know, that's a, it's a good. Rela- you're in a good relationship if like you have a girlfriend and she's willing to take you or pick you up from the airport. Mm-hmm. So maybe he does. I mean, right. I was a younger sibling. I drove all my siblings to the airport. Oh, you did? Well, yeah. you lived in El Segundo, so like you literally could ride your bike to about, the airport. About, about 10 to 12 minutes away, you'd say. <laughs> no, it's in the same damn city. Like, that's just L.A. traffic. Uh, but obviously, a good, really good recruiting class. We'll see what um, he's able to do going forward. Uh, the talent's there. Probably still the most talented roster in the Pac-12, I guess. When the uh, talent composite comes out, I'm guessing Oregon's still going to have the number one. Uh, roster, so he's just only going to add to that. Maybe those gutty little Trojans will catch up at some point. They could. Um, they're going to add a bunch of five stars. Maybe we'll see. Yeah, well, they got three of them already. So, so is Brew McCoy going to Tennessee? Um, that was more of a. There was an off the field uh, incident. There was a police investigation. There was a you know internal. He was arrested for what domestic violence? Yeah, it was some in with July twenty twenty one. Some intent of it was it wasn't good, and what we had heard at the time was like, yeah, even if they drop the charges, like he ain't playing. So yeah. that's basically what was going on. It's so, been a whole weird thing from him for him from the beginning at USC, right? Well, he went to he enrolled in Texas. And he enrolled to Texas, transferred back, and then he wasn't able to play that first year because of. Some, no, he left like in spring ball or something. He like early enrollee and then transferred back. Like, right. So he never got to play. He only did spring in Texas. But didn't he have some other issue that kept him off the field before the domestic violence? Uh, God, I don't even remember. There was some crap going on, too, with him. It was like he was one of the weird ones that like early enrolled. But he was then, having like personal issues on top of everything. I, that uh, Anyway, that's what I remember. Maybe, yeah. There's a lot of stuff going on there. For what we were told, it was it was like, yeah, he like the the uh, allegations were enough that they were, you know, and I think he did. I think he got. He did some kind of appeal. Maybe that was. Maybe I'm mixing up the off. The charges stuff. were dropped for a lack of evidence. But yes. Um, 
but the, it was enough where like the internal board or whatever that, that they look at that stuff. It was just we felt there wasn't going to be uh, a, a a real chance he was going to be able to play. So um, I think there was like I think, but there was probably enough damage done that just th- there might have been an opportunity for him to play after all that stuff happened. But uh, he was going to transfer out, and now you know now he's at Tennessee. So we'll see how he goes there. Yeah, he's now gone like three years without playing real football. Yeah. Uh, he did look promising that first year was it 2019. He had, you know, it looked like, so he was going to be like sort of the heir apparent. They had Drake London, but when Amon Ross St. Brown and, uh, um, Tyler Vaughn's, uh, when those guys and, uh, you know, Michael Pittman, like all those guys were gone. People like, okay, Drake London's gonna be good. And then like Brew McCoy is gonna be like the number two guy, but then he never ended up being the number two guy. Cause he couldn't play. Right. Um, all right, I'll do this next one. Okay. This is from uh, Mike in the Bay Area. Podcast question. Ryan and Comrade Dave, as a big fan of Trojan football and college football in general, I try to catch at least one road game in person at a different school every season. Anyway, I was wondering how you guys would rate the tailgating game day experience at each university. He'll start. Pac-12 South, Arizona. Trash. The fans are hostile. It's too hot out, so there isn't a lot of tailgating, and the most popular college bar to go to is called Dirtbags. The name alone should temper your expectations of the game day experience. Two thumbs down, one out of ten. Have you been? I have been to Arizona, uh, but I was only ever working the game, so I didn't partake of the full tailgating atmosphere. Yeah, I don't think I got to either. I think I just worked. Um I remember um, um, with with Arizona, it felt um, love you Arizona fans, and I love your football program. Uh, but it felt like there were a lot of urban tumbleweeds, by which I mean just plastic bags drifting in the wind on the dirt roads and stuff. My impression of Arizona is basically is an old west town that's just kind of been transplanted into the modern era, with like occasional electric wires. It's mm. not great. There's actual tumbleweeds too. True, but I'm I'm thinking of the urban ones. Okay, the windy desert winds blowing plastic trash bags around. Yeah. All right. Anyway, uh, Arizona State, awesome. Mill Avenue is second to none. The bars on that strip are packed three stories high in some spots, and most run for a quarter mile. There are enough hot women walking around to give Bill Clinton an aneurysm. I had a Guinness at the Irish pub where Pat Tillman would sit and study his playbook with a pint way back then. The fans have always been pretty cool. It definitely isn't hard to find a cold beverage anywhere. I highly recommend nine out of ten. Yeah, like Mill. I mean, like you're a Mill Avenue. This point, like you just walk down the street and you bump into the stadium. So it's like, yeah, it's pretty. It's. Pretty I'd give different. it. Yeah, it's 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 pretty good. I'd give it like a seven out of ten. That's not really my like favorite type of um, pregame atmosphere. I like more traditional like tailgating scenes gotcha. and stuff like that. But. Yeah, if you're doing like the bar thing, walking into games from that or after the games, more than likely, um, it's hard to beat that. I mean, yeah. Texas has got a pretty good thing with what is it, Sixth Ave there? Sixth, yeah, um, or Sixth Street, or whatever the hell it is. Um, mm, I think it's yeah, it might be Sixth Street, and because like then Fourth Street, sort of like they have like a bunch of streets, but like Fourth Street's like sort of like the yeah weirder version or whatever. Right. You know. um, okay. Colorado, solid, great college town with college bars, incredible scenery with the stadium being where it is. Overall, a good experience, 6 out of 10. I mean, Boulder's beautiful. Never been. Oh, you got to go. Um, that's your team, too. I know. Uh, it, it's it's a cool one. Yeah. Uh, there's some cool bars. Like, and, you know, you would like it. A lot of, like, uh, 
microbrew IPAs, and they'll they'll give you all the reasons why you should like it, or you should. Oh yeah, like, you would great. love that stuff. Yeah, right? zero out of ten. <laughs> uh, Utah, whack. Mormon fans are something else, man. They're kind to the point that it seems like they're pandering and disingenuous. So I want to be placated. I'll just watch the product on the field. It's also pretty hard to find beer, and the women here dress like pilgrims. No, thank you. Three out of ten. I've never been to Utah. I have. Uh, I think it's a. That was a joke. This is a strong. Yeah. <laughs> I had forgotten that you'd forgotten. Um, I think this is way underrated. Uh, I think it should be six out of ten, similar to Colorado. Um, I think all the stuff about the beer is is. Um, I mean, you can find beer, uh, and also the 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 sight lines from the stadium are beautiful. You can see mountains. You can see all kinds of. It shit. is nice. It's, it's really nice. There, your media parking super close too. Like it's yeah, great oh, yeah, media yeah. parking. Uh, I like the press box stuff in there. It's good. I did go to a BYU game back in the day, like that's probably in the nineties. And uh that was that was definitely tougher for like tailgating stuff. Like that's like a dry, like Provo's like dry. And I remember going I don't know if this is the case anymore. I think we might have even been in Park City, but if you wanted to get alcohol, like you had to like it was like a club, like so like going to a bar, like it was sort of like a cover charge or something, but you got like a little card. So like you paid like five bucks or something and got in. Because they they sold it as like a club more than, and I don't know if it's still that way, but I remember going to a liquor store and it's like it was like in the basement, and they put it in a paper bag. You felt like you were buying drugs. Like it, there was a definitely a different feel back then, but that right. was more like that wasn't like Salt Lake City. No, um, uh, and I, I feel like there's some there's some heavy stereotyping here. Like, there seems a lot. Yeah, like, some someone someone hurt Mike in yeah. Utah. <laughs> Uh, USC, don't well, like uh, just all these USC, don't forget to bring your Glock. Uh, this part of LA is wild. Rock and Riley's and the 901 are cool places to get a beer pregame, and parking isn't all that painful. The Coliseum is also pretty iconic, always a good time. The best part is seeing the students hold up signs when USC comes to town saying things like, Your daddy works for my daddy, or my housekeeper went to UCLA. Seven out of ten. So, this is a really interesting one because this I feel. And I, I, not that I'm an objective party here, but like I feel like this is pure bias because you would only think this about going to a game at USC is if you were a student at USC. Oh, maybe. Because uh, here's my thing on USC. I think the best aspect of the USC um, football day, game day experience is being able to walk through campus and seeing people tailgating actually on campus. Yeah, that's the best part. That he is didn't the that. only part that's really cool. The shitty bars that are near USC are shitty bars that are near USC. They're they're in no way like good compared to other college bars. And the Coliseum, like like I'm sorry. Hmm. It's a fucking dump. And it has been forever. Yeah. It's a lot nicer now that they renovated it. But it's I mean, it's a dump. And I'm not saying the Rose Bowl's that great. It's just the location that's awesome. But like yeah. it's a dumpy stadium. Um the USC game day experience is like a it's a five out of ten. It's fine, but it, the main aspect that's actually cool is the walking through campus. The, the tailgating on campus, and then when we would bring people and and do something, and then the band will come through and play at the different tailgates along the way, walking down Truesdale, I think it is. Um, I think that's cool. Like that, that kind of got limited during COVID stuff too. But that's probably the best part, where there will be like students everywhere. There's alumni everywhere, and just all kinds of tailgating stuff going on. The way they've renovated the Coliseum and the stuff they they're building museums, the tailgating around the Coliseum sucks now. It's really hard to do. There's like only limited spaces where you can do that kind of stuff. Uh, it's really hard to park there. So 
I would say you want to focus on campus, park on campus, tailgate on campus. That that stuff's all cool. Uh, the other stuff is like, yeah, I've never gone to a bar. They have one bar on campus, um, uh, Traddy's, like that's okay. But I'm not like a bar before a game kind of guy. I'm more no. of a tailgate kind of guy. Same. But the, the campus stuff is good. Yep. UCLA, it's all right. Tailgating on the golf course is a pretty cool experience. Not having the stadium on campus means the student section doesn't typically show up in mass, so that kind of changes the game day atmosphere. It's okay, I guess, six out of ten. I mean, fair enough. I mean, yeah, I, I think I'd probably put it a little bit higher because I think the like grass, like the ability to tailgate on grass in mass in that way and doing it on a golf course is unmatched probably in the Pac-12. But there are some real drawbacks of being in Pasadena. Um, yeah, just you're far away. I mean, you're it's far away from to... everything. Um, it's hard to get there. Yeah. So I'd probably put it like at an 8 out of 10, but 6 out of 10 is fair. All right. Uh, Pac-12 North, uh, Stanford. See, this is, okay, this is the part that I find, I, I, I don't really know what we're judging here, because he's giving Stanford a 2 out of 10. So, kill it with fire. You ever been lost in the woods before? Would you like to? Then go tailgate at Stanford. You might have a good time tailgating on the farm, but then the game lets out and droves of people just disappear off into the woods like children of the corn. No identifiable landmarks anywhere to guide you or help you find your car. You know it's incredibly av- aggravating after going to Stanford and catching an L, having to Hansel and Gretel your way back to where you parked. That's what. It's a, that's what. It's a mess. I also couldn't find any good college bars. I guess the nerds have better things to do. Two out of ten. So he's so, he's more of a bar guy. I don't like. know. I but I, I honestly don't know what he's judging here because first the tailgating scene at Stanford, like pure tailgating, is the second best in the league. Maybe. Like, you think. From where you can be, like you can be under trees, yeah, there's, in grassy areas. It and feels like UCLA. There's plentiful like, space to yeah. tailgate. There's limited rules on it all. Like it's it's a really good experience, and it's very close. Now you on, might see like two old people like sitting at a little like with a little table no, with like wine a, and cheese. As a and road like, group going and tailgating there, it's a good tailgating experience. Yeah. Um, it, Washington, and UCLA are probably the three that I'd say are the best from that perspective. Um. Now, the game experience, it's because Stanford's shitty, and yeah. their stadium is shitty, um, and it feels like it still feels like a mausoleum, even though it isn't the mausoleum anymore. Um, but bars, I don't really understand that one either, because I've gone to a bunch of Palo Alto bars but they're not like before close. and after games. They're not really close to the stadium or whatever. Like, close enough. You walk across the street and up a little bit, and they're there. Yeah. I, I one of the best tailgates I've ever been to was at Stanford. Yeah. Like, our buddy RJ hooked it up, and it was, you know, I don't know, some... It's like some rich Stanford alum that they do this tailgate every year. And he's like, come by, come by, like before the game. And I was like, oh, my God. I mean, the food was – it was just like everything was catered, like homemade cookies. Like there, it was pretty freaking awesome. I don't know. It's a 6 out of 10 for me. Yeah. Uh, I, I, yeah, I wouldn't say it's 2 for sure. All right. This is Cal. Okay. Telegraph Avenue has a few cool bars, and there is a beer garden on the north side of the stadium with live music that all seven can, Cal fans show up to pregame. Despite the product on the field, it's all right. The fans there haven't ever been any th- – thing other than indifferent to me as a visiting fan five out of ten cal i would put it at two out of ten that one's like you take the bart and like walk over i yeah. don't think there's really there's not much to do it's a pain in the ass getting into that stadium if you try to drive and park in those little neighborhoods around like it's, nightmare because they, they don't embrace it as no. much yeah no, you could if you could like jump in one of those frats that's close by. Like I think there's fraternities. Yeah, if you can go by. party at a frat, but like <laughs> I think you nailed it. I think this guy's just a bar guy. Yeah, he's a bar guy. He's got to do bars. Yeah. Um, but no, Cal, Cal's Cal's butt. 
Oregon, eh, the Mo Center is the place to go. Beer, live music, and lots of reminders all around you that this university and its athletic programs would be totally, totally irrelevant if it weren't for Uncle Phil and that sweet, sweet Nike money. Not easy to get lost trying to find your car after the game as the campus isn't all that big. Eugene is a cool college town with a couple little bars to hang out in before the game. Traffic is a nightmare afterwards, though. Five out of ten. I just haven't done much there. Neither have I. But traffic is indeed a nightmare, so I'm willing to just go on faith that it's a five out of ten. Okay. Oregon State. What a stark contrast from Oregon. In a binary world of haves and have-nots, Oregon State is definitely the latter. There's a serious lack of funds and fan interest in the facilities and the experience, but those flannel-wearing, Subaru-driving fans... Sure do love to guzzle beer like they're a Civil War soldier and the doctor is coming to saw their leg off. The chainsaw sound is ob- obnoxious, but otherwise it's a decent spot. Four out of ten. I don't think I've done much there either. Uh, I've, I've, I've gone. Um, I've gone, but I just haven't. It's so stark, the difference between Corvallis and Eugene. as like, But uh, you wouldn't think, but it is. You wouldn't think. But like when you go into Corvallis, it feels like... Um, you feel like outsiders. You feel like the entire town is watching you as you're walking into the bar. It's got a real, like, hills have eyes feel to it. Got, gotcha. Okay. Which is kind of cool. Like, it's kind of cool from, like, a, a, you know, one angle. Like, you're seeing a true hostile, like, entire town environment to you. Uh, and on the other hand, you want to get out of there immediately. Four uh, out of ten seems fair. I love that we, uh, in this email, we've had uh, Hills Have Eyes and Children of the Corn <laughs> reference. Like, <laughs> uh, Washington, we're tailgating. Washington. Sailgating is pretty cool. Very unique experience. Washington fans can be terrible, though. There's just no need for the hostility. I'm just trying to watch a football game. You don't need to project your insecurities onto me just because I show up wearing another team's color. Five out of ten. Okay, so this is... I do not understand what's going on. Washington is an eight out of ten, maybe a nine out of ten. It's... You can do on a boat. Like, the boat comes right up. Also, like, the view from the stadium. Like, everything is just awesome at Washington. Yeah. Except that it's raining most of the time. But we can get over that. Now, it might be, like, you might have to have money to have the best tailgating experience because it's literally you needed to have a friend with a boat. Um, but that stuff is awesome. Like, the boat, the boat, like, tailgate, boating, tailgating, boating, tailgating, all of it, awesome. And the stadium experience is cool. It's a cool stadium. Yeah. There's lots of cool stuff. It's weird for the press box. Like, you feel like you're so you high up. You feel like you're going to die. You're f- high up, and it's like, I I, I feel like it's a it nuclear-proof glass. It shakes. Like, it shakes. <laughs> it does. But I feel like the glass is like you could shoot a nuclear weapon at it, and you wouldn't. Like, you can't hear what's going on if it's really loud out there, you know? Yeah. But it, it does move. It does. It moves. Yeah. Not and great. I, and they got, I think they got decent food and stuff in the press box, too. Washington State. Who the hell would even would ever go to Pullman, Washington, to watch a football game? Zero out of ten. I don't. I don't buy this one either. No, this is a five out of ten. It's a solid mid. The the Coug alone. So he's a bar guy. So what I'm disappointed. He in, just hasn't gone. Is what he's because like if you love your college bars, like the Coug is way up there. Yeah. Like way up there. Here's my thing. If you're going to a bunch of games at opposing stadiums and you're asking for our advice on like, what is he? He was asking at the beginning for a tailgating game day experience. And then all you're talking about is bars. I don't think you know what tailgating is. Yeah. There's, there's a word there that actually means something. You open the tailgate yeah. on your car. Not not, not at a bar stool. Like, right. Yeah. That's the that's the tailgate. The tailgate is is hanging out outside. So we may have misunderstood. If you were asking about the bar situation, it would be a different story. But speaking of college bars, I learned something uh, talking to a dude who played volleyball up at UC. Di- no, he played. Uh, I think he played football. You up were at clearly UC at a bar when you heard this story. 
Uh, I was. Yeah, no, it was uh, a buddy. He actually worked. So he works with a friend worked at the Lake for Lakers. This guy played uh, football for UC Davis. We we're having a beer. My buddy's like the Lakers are done, so he's going out of town. And uh, so we went to have a beer. Like it was on Monday or something. And the dude's like, "Yeah, I played." Was it, was it the great El Segundo quarterback, Matt Angle? It was not. Okay. Um, but he played. Uh, he played football at UC Davis, and I'm like, "Oh, so you go to the grad?" He's like, "Oh yeah, all the time." He's like, "It's closed." I'm like, "What?" So the grad was when I played like uh, volleyball. Like we had a tournament up there at, when I was at USC, and uh, you would go and they did like early enough in the day they would do five for one drinks. Like this is insane. So you're in college and they were long on iced teas and like those old like milk like m- glass milk carton kind of thingies. Maybe they're plastic, but big ones with a straw in it. And like literally, you buy one, and they put five Long Island iced teas in front of you, and then you're like obliterated, you know. So you buy one ra- one drink basically, and you're done. But it was a cool bar, and he said that like during the pandemic or the beginning of the pandemic, it like closed. It's closed for good, and apparently, like they moved like where the stadium is now, and it used to be like a great proximity to everything. So any UC Davis grads out there, Aggies, I believe. Uh, let me know what's going on, man. What happened to the grad? Because that was one of my favorite college bars on the West Coast. There you go. And I like college bars, obviously. Yep. One last one. JT Daniels. If JT Daniels commits to the Beavs, does this change your pro- uh, projected win total for them? Thanks from Greg. So we can say, since we didn't, would it have? Potentially. But they they went to a bowl. I kind of feel they're going to be flat. Yeah. Daniels. Could they go from seven to eight wins a or bull, something? A bullish team. Yeah. I, I I wouldn't say it changed significantly. But I'm I'm bullish on them being a bullish. Team. They need some quarterback play. Yeah, who knows? I, he could have put them over the top. And Our like, man John Smith can coach a quarterback. Yeah. He can get him up there. But like there were there were times this year where you're just like, why are you throwing the ball? Just run. Like you got running backs. You got Chance, studs. Chase, Nolan, whatever his name is, he's going to do great. Uh, Chevy, what, I don't forget Chevy, his name. Chase, <laughs> Nolan, whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah. They got, is Jebbia still there? Like there's a bunch Who of. Who knows? Je- Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Well, Jonathan spring game. Smith is going to suit up and play. So what we can do is watch the spring game on Saturday. Then and we'll I can figure some you. stuff out. Unfortunately, no JT Daniels at the spring game. It's true. Um, all right. Well, that's going to wrap things up. Uh, Is it? Pretty, I think so. So soon? Pretty tight show. Damn. I thought we were going to be done in like less than an hour, but it's an hour and eight minutes. Thanks to me, I think. We're getting you out, of, out on time. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, don't worry. I'll, I'll, I'll edit the show and put it all up and everything for you. Oh, are you? Yes. Okay. This time? Yeah, this time. And pretty much every time. Yeah. Uh, well, let's go wrap it up uh, for David Woods, the man who loves spring games like no other. I'm Ryan Abraham. Thank you so much for listening to our little show. Hope you enjoyed your experience, and we will talk to you next time. Bye. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.